Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the She's Speaking podcast. We are your go-to place for girl talk, college tips, and life advice. I'm Bryn. And I'm Jamie. And we are your hosts today for this wonderful episode. We got lots of fun stuff, professional stuff planned for you guys today. We're going to be talking about interviews and resume tips and LinkedIn. We're going to get you all ready and set up. Looking for them jobs. I know I'm looking for a job right now, so this might help me. Jamie might have some stuff to help me out. (laughs) I'm currently in the job search. I don't know about you, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, mine's gotten, we can get into this later, but my job search's gotten pushed back to August. I have an internship for post-graduation, but still need to keep going with the job hunt for after the internship, but yeah. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll start out with um, interview tips today, and then we'll move into resumes, and then we'll talk a little bit about LinkedIn at the end. Um, so I think with interviews, we'll just sort of go back and forth and give you guys our tips and our advice. Um, we're not, you know, interview experts or anything, but we've definitely been on a few um, So and these tips can all apply for, you know, internships, jobs any kind of interview that you might have. So I think the first thing I would recommend is to really just research the company Mm -hmm. before the interview, like really sit down and take time to understand the company that you're going to interview for. And if you can also research the interviewer, if you know like who they are before you go. Um, I've always like looked up my interviewer on LinkedIn, just seeing like, you know, where have they worked before? What's been their experience? Where they go to school? Maybe you went to the same school and that can be sort of like a common thing you could talk about. But then you just sort of get a, an idea of who you're talking to and you're not walking in and talking to a complete stranger. Um, and also knowing the company is really important because you want to know why you are interviewing there. I mean, yes, you want a job, you want an internship, that's your main reason. But oftentimes the interviewer will ask you like, why do you want to work for us? And if you know information about the company's values or the work that they do, you'll be better informed to answer those kinds of questions. So that's been really helpful for me is getting to know um, just as much as I can about the company that I'm interviewing with. What about you, Bryn? What's a tip you have? Yeah, I agree with the ones that you said, especially about doing your research, because like you said, I mean, these people want to know that like you're putting in just as much effort as they're putting in, you know, wanting to know and learn about you for their company. And, you know, I always think it's a good thing to like know a little cool fact about their company that maybe not a lot of people would know. Like I know for certain companies that I'm following and wanting to work at, I follow their LinkedIn pages. And so I get updated with all the little news that might not hit like, you know, the big news outlets that everyone sees. It's like their personal news. And so I kind of like to like slide in little things like that to see like, they'll be like, Oh, you know, okay. She's, she's up to date. She knows what's happening and it surprises them. And sometimes they might not even be fully aware of the situation. And so they're very impressed by it. So that's something that I try to do is just target a few companies and then really, you know, like you said, do your research. I follow them on LinkedIn, know the little things and try to impress them if you can. Um, 
Some other kind of tips that I've gained over my interviewing, I guess, year or two that mm -hmm. I've been doing this now. Yeah. Um, I definitely started out very bad and I was like overly confident in what I thought. Like, I was like, I got this, you know, I don't need to like do I mean, all this stuff or listen to all this advice, you know, this is good. Yeah. I've definitely learned my lesson over time. Yeah. And so a few things that I picked up on is of course, always be early. Just plan on being as early as you possibly can. That's just yeah. my tip because you'd rather be way early than even a little bit late. Exactly. And even if you're doing a virtual like Zoom interview, just you never know. What if your connection gets weird or whatever, you can't find the link. You want to be in that Zoom meeting before your interviewer if you can cuz that that just shows that you're professional and that you care, you know. So that's that goes for both virtual and in person. Yes, definitely. And another thing in this applies even more in the virtual space to me now um it's just maintaining good eye contact the whole time you know with the interviewer and everything i know it's even harder now that we're like you know looking at a screen and then you try to like look back at yourself and then you're like wait i need to look at the camera because then that's actually me looking at like it's hard it's hard but try your best to like do that because it makes it where it just seems more personable and you connect with them better. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. And then uh, some other tips that I have, I'll go over real quick is dress to impress always overdress, like not in like a flamboyant way, but like always dress like business professional or like a step up than you think you probably yeah. should do. Because it's another thing with like being early, you'd rather, you'd rather be very professional looking than a little like unprofessional or a little too casual. I think if you get the job, they'll like tell you what the company culture is and what you wear. But since you don't know yet, I think going a little extra above and beyond is always better safe than sorry. Yes. And please like, I try to tell people this too for virtual stuff. I know like we all want to do where we just do the upper half up and then we're in the sweatpants and whatever, or some people don't even wear pants nowadays. That's risky. It's crazy. But another thing is one, it's mentally, if you're fully dressed how you should be, it makes you get into that state of, okay, this is something professional yeah. and you feel it and you're, you know, more put together mentally as well. But then also say you accidentally have to get up, say something happened and you got to run to the door. You want to make sure you got pants on people Please. or something nice. Please. Like you yeah. never know what's going to happen. So just dress like you would for an in-person interview, please. Yeah. Don't be wearing no sweatpants. You can take 30 minutes to an hour without your sweatpants on. Yeah. Okay. I agree. And I think with that, just <laughs> trying to be professional and like getting that mindset, it may help some people to stand up during one, like if you're on a Zoom interview. I've never really mm -hmm. tried this because I'm able to sort of like, I don't know, sitting works for me. But if you feel like you're going to get too like comfortable and relaxed in your chair, maybe make it where you can prop your uh, computer up and stand up for the interview. So that way you're, you know, your head and your shoulders are visible in the camera, but you're sort of staying up and like 
not getting too relaxed. And then, I don't know, I've heard that's worked for some people. So that might be something to try if you think you're going to get a little too, too relaxed during the interview and too like, and then you won't be doing your best because you won't be alert. So maybe try standing up during it. That's also something to try. And I think another tip I have would be to prepare questions to ask the interviewer because they typically ask at the end of every interview, do you have any questions for me? Like, is there anything we can answer for you? And if you go, mm, no, I'm good. I, I don't have any. They're just sort of like, uh, okay. That was me starting out. That was me literally starting out thinking I was doing them some good like by saying I don't have any questions. Yeah, but they see oh that. My God. They see that as like you're not interested. Like you're not like passionate about wanting this job because, I mean, if it's if you end up getting the job, you want to have your questions answered. You want to understand your role as best you can, so you make sure it's right for you. So if yeah. you can prepare a couple questions to ask them about the role, about um, a typical day, what the you know, your interviewer um, likes about working at that company, just things like that that do give you some insight, but also show that you're interested. That's really what the questions at the end are for, um, just to show that you didn't just apply on a whim, you know, and you're just checking a box. Yeah. But I think that's important. And also, um, be don't be afraid to have like a notebook with you. Um, even if you're in person, inter people that are interviewing you don't mind if you bring a little notebook and a pen because you might, um, you know, they might be telling you about the job or the inter internship and you can write down little notes like to keep and to remember. So that way you um, can like remember for future interviews that you might have or things like that. And also then you can have a couple little notes to jot down beforehand. And it's just good to have that notebook. And that shows that you are, you know, really taking an interest in what they're saying. And so they're never going to be like, oh, she brought a notebook. Like she's, no, that's good. It's good to be able to do that, to take notes. And so don't be afraid to do that. And I think another thing just to like in preparation is I've always found it's helpful to like identify a few like strengths, weaknesses that I can, you know, talk about if they ask about those things. And also a few like stories you can use, like whether that's uh, experiences you've had in past jobs and internships or in classes and just like identify a few stories you can tell. So no matter what like question they throw at you, you have a couple ideas in mind that you can use to answer those questions. Like I always have, you know, like a previous group project I've worked on in a class or an internship, a project I had, and I'll use those to answer those, you know, what would you do in this situation kind of questions that are always there to trip you up. But if you have those like stories in mind, you'll be better prepared to answer those random questions they ask. Yeah, I agree. And that's like, honestly, what I've even heard from people in general is that's even more of what interviews are going towards now is like those behavioral yeah. situational type of questions, because mm -hmm. it really shows what kind of person you are and your character, what you might do. Yeah. And so yeah, that's definitely a good tip to have some stories just in your back pocket, you're already kind of gone over them mentally they're fresh in your mind so you don't have to worry about trying to like dig back in the depths of your memories and everything yeah, yeah. like that's literally I'm thinking back to those early interviews and I'm like you know I, I should have just done that it's so easy to prepare 
Oh, yeah. But I did it. And then so you're stuck there awkwardly trying to think of something and you're like have a complete block. And you're you like, know? wait, so. what have I done ever in my life? I forget it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely have not always done these things. Don't don't get me wrong. Like it's been a learning process. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely good to just like prepare as much as you can beforehand. So when you're in the interview, you're not having to like do as much thinking because you want to be you know, able to answer their questions without sitting there going, uh, for 20 minutes. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. And another thing I would just say real quick is to know what's on your resume. Um, because they're going to be asking you questions about your experience and they may have glanced over it and not like fully read it, or it's been a while since they looked at your resume. So they're going to be asking you to sort of retell your resume a bit. And if you don't know what's on there, you're going to be struggling because they probably have it in front of them too. So if they're asking you like, tell me about what you've done at your you know, school or what you did in your past internship, you want to be able to answer that and have like a little, you know, elevator pitch kind of answers that you can give on your experiences because they want to know that you that what you've put on your resume is true, you know? And so if you can tell it to them, that's going to be good. So make sure you know what you've put on there. So I think that's important. Yeah. Don't be putting no fake stuff on your interview or your resumes, people. No. And I know of people who've talked about that before. And I'm like, why? Like, and why in the world would you do that it's ever? Not gonna help. It's really not going to help you because like, okay, you get the job and then you don't know what you're doing because you said you knew how to do something that you really don't. And then, you know, like you say you're fluent in Spanish, but you've never taken Spanish, a Spanish class. They're going to ask you to interpret at your job and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. And so it's just things like that. Like lying on a resume, not really going to help you in the long run. No, definitely not. For no. sure. Do we want to kind of switch over now to like resumes then? Yeah, I think so. For our resumes? I think so. I think my first resume tip is, this is a really important one, make two. And especially if you're in a more creative field or you're a more creative person, go crazy and make that really cool, creative, colorful resume. And like Canva and things like that are great for doing that. But make sure you have a traditional black and white plain one as well that has the same information on it. Because if you're ever applying for a job online, like you're submitting your resume in a little portal or whatever, that's like software that's going to be reviewing your resume cannot like deal with colors or pictures or shapes or anything like that. And you'll just get thrown out right away. Um, but if you have that plain black and white resume that's just, you know, bullet points and that's it, it's going to be able to pick out those keywords that that um, software is looking for. And then the creative resume is great, though, if you're ever, you know, if you are meeting someone for an interview in person, you are just whatever, and you can hand it to them. Or if you go to an interview, bring that creative one with you and give it to them so they can see that creativity you have. But the software, the computer program was able to um, was able to read your resume without all those things getting in the way. So I think it's important to make sure you have both or at least have the basic one if you want to do creative make sure you have both kinds of resumes you don't want to get thrown out of a you know thrown off the pile because just because your resume couldn't be read 
oh my gosh, that's like such a big thing that I did not even realize at first. Yeah. And I remember when someone told me about that whole applicant tracking system and that's all it. that. I was yeah, like, the APS. I know. I was like, I I literally was not aware of any of it. And so it completely changed how I approached my resumes and everything after that. Like Same. you said, the keywords and all of that. And there's actually a website. A guest speaker who came to one of my classes told us about it. And it's called JobScan. And oh. essentially what you can do is you can upload your resume and also like copy and paste the description for a job you're applying to. And it will essentially it kind of works like one of those systems would work. And it says how much of a match you are to that job mm. in like different keywords that that job description has that it might be looking for. It's really cool. And I think you get a certain amount of scans for free oh. and then you have to pay after that. But like, it's really cool to have just to try out for a few times because it gives you a big insight on just how those systems really work. That's really cool. So, I've never heard of that, but that's really a neat tool because you don't want to just put keywords in that aren't like accurate or true, but if you can use what's in the job description accurately on your experience and like pull out those keywords that is in the description, that'll definitely get your resume noticed by those ATS softwares. Um, so that's really cool. I've never heard of that website, but I like that. Um, the other thing I would say for resumes is to just tailor your resume each time you apply for a role. And you may not have to change too much on it. I mean, you're going to have the same basic information. But like we were saying with the keywords, if you just send your resume for, let's say, a job in the social media field, and then you send your resume to you know, a company that you're going to just be um, writing, you're just going to be doing like internal communications, let's say. Well, those are going to be completely different roles. And if you can show on your resume to the social media company that you have used social media before in your sorority or, you know, you've run a small business of social media, if you can highlight those things more for that company and then highlight other um, skills that you have for the other roles, that's going to really show that um, it's going to highlight your experiences and that's really what those you know those interviewers are going to be looking for and if you if you give them what they're looking for and just highlight what you have done that fits with that role that's going to really show that you have the skills they're looking for um, so i think it's good to tailor your resume and just like name your resume like plain like the plain name and then give it like when you change it up, put the name of the company that that one's for so you don't get confused because you might have start having a lot, mm -hmm. long list of resumes on your computer. But I think that's really important to tailor it. Yep. So, and the biggest one, uh, I'm sure you know this one too, Brand, but triple check it for typos and errors. Just like, you know, we always say double check. No, triple check. Just really read through, yes. read it out loud, have someone else look at it because you don't want to be turning mm -hmm. in a resume and you've misspelled a whole bunch of words like that's gonna immediately get that resume tossed out because it's just a simple little thing that you can do but it really means yeah. a lot because it shows that you're taking that time and putting your attention on your resume and that's something that people really care about is just really just check for those typos oh yeah and like and if you can't literally with something that 
is one page that you are constantly look at. If you can't get that perfectly done without typos, why in the world are they going to let yeah. you type up or write things or do things for their own company? Like that's just what it shows them, you know? Yeah. So that's why, like you said, that's an immediate red flag to them. But also, like you said, with the tailoring, tailoring the resumes, that's like a big thing too, that I've started doing a lot more yeah. because even though you might have like a lot of projects that you've done or a lot of job experiences that you might have and you can't fit it all on one page, yeah, you have your LinkedIn for all of that stuff. You know, you can throw it all on there and it be as long as it wants to be. But for that resume, you really want to keep it short and simple. And like you said, highlight those specific projects and experiences that you have for that specific type of job. Exactly. Yeah. And whatever. So, yeah, that's definitely something that I've learned. Yeah. Um, I think another thing just comes to how you type out those bullet points. Like if you have a past internship and you're going to put a few bullets underneath of what you did at that internship, make sure to use numbers whenever you can in those bullets mm -hmm. to show the impact that you had in that role, whether it's a job, internship, group project. If you can show that you, you know, increase some sort of sale, some sort of um, engagement or things like that um, with a measurable number, that looks really good because mm. people can see the impact that you have had in your past experiences when they look at your resume. Besides just saying, you know, the duties you had, like I sent emails or like we get it, you're going to be doing that in internships. But if you can show the big, big impacts that you were able to make as much as you can, I mean, not every not every bullet point is going to have a number, of course, but if you can try to find those where you can, that's going to be really great to highlight your impact. Yep, I completely agree with that for sure. And make I, sure it's something that's very actionable, you yeah. know, and specific. Yeah, and everything and like, like that. Exactly, like you're saying with action, that's another thing that you can like switch up your bullets with is use action verbs to like really show what you did. Like, mm -hmm. um, just to just say that I, um, emails were written and sent out, no, I wrote emails or, you know, typed up just like things like that, or, um, created a press release. You know, you want to show that you did things, not just you were an observer in your role or things like that. So make sure you're using those action verbs. Um, throughout your resume as much as you can because I think that really helps to show the impact as well Yep, I completely agree with that. Do you have any other tips you want to share with us about resumes, Jamie? Um, I think the last thing I would just say is um, I started doing this and it's definitely not a like a requirement or whatever but I would consider putting mm -hmm. your education closer to the bottom just because then everyone sort of assumes that you have some sort of education and you're pursuing a degree, especially if you're in a field that requires that. But if you put them your, you know, relevant work experience, your internships, your, you know, roles that or group projects you've had that if, uh, are relevant to the role up top, that's going to be the first thing that the person reviewing your resume sees when they are looking at it. And maybe they're only spending, you know, 30 seconds on a resume. And so if they are looking at it and they see your name, they see all the stuff, your, your contact info, and then they see education, well, that's already wasted like 15 seconds of that time. Yep. But if you put the most relevant, important stuff at the top, 
then that's the stuff they're going to see first. So that's what I started doing. I wouldn't say it's, you know, necessary to organize it that way, but I have started putting, you know, education and culture to the bottom. So that's just something you can consider. Yep, I've heard of that one too. Yeah. For sure. That one's a good one. These are all things like we're saying, like it takes time and we've learned. And I, I don't even know how many times y'all I've had to edit my daggum resume. Oh, yeah. It has been through a lot. I've spent hours and hours of time over the, you know, like I said, past few years editing and refining it and trying to get it how it really needs to be. So that's why we're here to help y'all. Hopefully you can, you know, bypass some of the, the hardships. The struggles. That we've yeah. Gone through. Yeah. And I think struggles, yes. it's hard to get it just on one page. Like you think you're not going to be able to fill it up a page, oh, but yeah. sometimes you're like, wait, mm-hmm. what do I need to cut out? Like how small can I make my font? <laughs> I, that's sort of an issue I ran into. So. It's a good issue to have, but it's still hard because you do want to put it on one page. Yep. And that kind of, I feel like, transitions us into LinkedIn because, like I said, even though you want to fit everything on, you know, one page and get it all out to them, you can put your LinkedIn profile on that resume. And if they want to go look at that too, which usually nowadays they do, they'll see everything else that you want them to see because LinkedIn, like I said, can go on forever. Exactly. And so, yeah. So some tips that I have for LinkedIn is one, get a dang LinkedIn profile. If you don't have Let's one, okay. Do that's it. just where we're going now. People in the world that we live in nowadays, if you ain't got it, get it. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say there. Um, but then if you have one, Put a good headshot of yourself on your profile. Yeah. Because I've seen people that don't have pictures or they have one and it's like the blurry old iPhone 3G. I don't even know. Like it's like some low quality picture that they got on there out at a bar or something. I don't even know. But, you know, this is the professional social media website. This is where you're, you're trying to network with people and, you know, get a job. So make sure you put a nice photo of yourself professionally taken, preferably with a nice, you know, it doesn't have to be completely blank, but just a nice clear background. Mine has like a a little bit of like a blurred tree kind of landscape but it's not too distracting just make sure it's nothing crazy going on behind you yeah um but yeah just get a nice good photo of yourself that they can see your face and who you are and if they get a you know clear look at you um but another thing that i have about linkedin is a lot of people don't know this but like the little bios that you can do is actually what the LinkedIn algorithms use for when they search um, about different things. And so say you do want a job in, like you said, social media marketing, we'll include that in your bio because when someone like a recruiter is searching for you or someone like you, 
they're going to type in those keywords and then you'll pop up if it's in your bio. Yeah. So make sure that you utilize that bio to really get in everything that someone who might be looking for you for a job would search for. Exactly. And I think another thing to remember is make sure that at the top of your resume, when you have like your little contact info or your email or whatever, put your LinkedIn um, like link, like your URL at least, or some way that they can find your LinkedIn. So that way, if they, um, you know, you submit your resume, they can go to your LinkedIn profile easily and see anything that you may maybe couldn't fit on your resume. So it's important to make sure that they can find that quickly. And another thing I would say about LinkedIn, um, and this is sort of different, it's sort of after you have made your profile and sort of added all your stuff on there, but don't be afraid to like, like, like people's stuff, share other people's posts and sort of treat it like a social media platform. I'm definitely getting better at this now a little bit, but it's a work in progress. But when you post on LinkedIn, you'll be popping up in people's feeds that you that you don't even know yet. Like it shares it to like friends of friends kind of thing, if that makes sense. Um, because like, for instance, I recently got offered an internship over the summer, like I mentioned, and I posted a, um, just a little post saying, you know, so excited to be offered this internship, blah, blah, blah. And I put a couple hashtags on there. I tagged the company and that post has gotten more like engagement on it than my like Instagram posts do. And so I'm just like, and I don't even have that many like LinkedIn like connections and it's been reaching people that I don't know. And it's been really cool to, you know, see that people that I haven't even like connected with before are seeing something that I posted. So friends of friends were starting to see that post and people that I didn't even know. So I think that's a really cool way to, to, you know, get your name out there, make new connections and have more people see your, you know, things you've done or work that you've done. So if you have a cool class project you do, you get offered an internship, a job, things like that, definitely make a little post, like share it. LinkedIn is not just for making your profile and, you know, closing the app and being done. You can also just share your accomplishments and share things that you're doing in the professional world. And people will see that and you'll start getting on more people's radar that way. So that's definitely something I've been trying to start working on. I used to just make my profile and that be it. But definitely it's important to try to be a little more active when you're in with posting on LinkedIn too. sort of treat it like a social media app, just more professional. Yeah, that's something that I need to start doing more too is actually posting content on it because y'all, I don't know if y'all follow Gary V. He's amazing though to me. And so one thing though that he talks about is he always like predicts when social media or different trends are going to go big. Mm-hmm. And so he did that with TikTok like a few years back and then that blew up. And he said LinkedIn is now the new Facebook. Like it's up and coming They're getting a lot more users and content and he's telling people like get on now. Mm -hmm. This is where it's going. So make sure you start, like Jamie said, posting and doing stuff because you never know who might notice. Maybe it will lead to something. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one post and this is only like the, I've only posted a couple of times on LinkedIn before this. So um, it's gotten like 131 like little likes or whatever, which I think is pretty good for LinkedIn. I was not expecting anything out of that. 
and it says that over 4,000 views of my post, which I don't know exactly what Whoa. that is. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. I think it just means like it's in someone's feed, they scroll past it, like they don't have to click on it or anything. But that still shows that just like your first post and you're not like posting very often, but it's gonna, the way LinkedIn does it is it spreads your content to more than just the people you're friends with or that you're connected with. So yeah, I definitely yeah. recommend doing that. But yeah, um, do you have any other tips for like LinkedIn profiles, Bryn? That's pretty much for the profile part. The only last thing I was going to say related to LinkedIn, that's something that I started to do is like, I mean, try and see like if you have connections that know people at like wherever you're applying to or working to. Yes. And then... I would just message them and just tell them your situation and be like, hi, I know so-and-so or whatever. I'm wanting to apply for this job. I was just wondering like if you knew anything or, you know, could be of any help. Cause literally I did that for one thing and I got like a really good reference. Oh, so cool. you never know what might come from that. Just you got people, you got to stop being scared. Just go for it. Yeah. Take some risks. And if you ever have like a guest speaker in your class or in an organization you're involved in, they're usually fine with you like requesting to be connect with them on LinkedIn. Like that's what they're there for. And so definitely do that and give them a little personal message when you do that request so they know like who you are, where did you guys meet at? And that's going to be more likely that you'll they'll accept your request. But then you have those references at companies that you may be interested in working for one day. And you've already got them in your LinkedIn, you know, connections list. And so that's really a great thing to have. So make sure to don't be afraid to connect with those, you know, professors, those, you know, guest speakers that you have. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely do that. So I hope you guys mm -hmm. learned a little bit about, you know, how to improve your interviewing skills, your resume and your LinkedIn and that you can use those on the next, you know, your next job hunts. I know we're always, you know, searching for that job and internship and it's hard right now, but I hope these tips help oh, you guys a little bit. Yes. I, like you said, it is definitely a unique time to be job searching in right now. Yes. So yeah, any help can be used even for myself. So Hopefully some of my tips will serve y'all well, as well as Jamie's. Yeah. Jamie, you've helped me some already. So that's, this has already been good for me. So. I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad. Um, but Bryn, now let's, let's move away from the professional, the businessy stuff. Let's get into the <laughs> drama. Let's get into the details. Yes. Okay. We need that bachelor recap. I need to know what's going on. Okay. Can you give that to us? Oh, yeah. I have it. It is the official finale recap. And there's a lot of juicy stuff. And I will say, y'all, I know this has been swirling around everywhere. I see it on TikTok because, like, I like a lot of Bachelor stuff, so it's always on my For You page. And so I see how everyone's feeling, and it's similar to me. But, like, it just was disappointing the end of this season. And this is kind of how last season of the bachelor was with pilot Pete that kind of yeah. ended up not working out the way everyone thought and wanted it to. And so this is just what happened too, but there's still a lot of juicy stuff. Got to go over today. All right. So the episode starts out 
you know, the last two girls, Michelle and Rachel, are going to meet Matt's family. So his mom and his brother are there for this. And Michelle is up first. And so she gets to talk with them and meet with them. And they're like, oh, you know, she would fit in so well here, all of that. It goes good. And then Rachel comes next. And she, you know, sits down and talks with Matt's mom. And they both end up crying because, like, she shares how it was just sweet when Matt prayed over them at the beginning and all that. So, yeah, they got emotional about that. But, I mean, hers went well, too. They both went really well with meeting the, the family and everything. And so Matt sits down with his mom after both of them. And they just start talking. And when he asked, like, what do you think about, like, me getting engaged at the end of this? And so his mom was essentially just like, I just don't even know. I don't know if you're really ready for something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then Matt is, like, freaking out because now he's, like, doubting. And, like, he's like, I don't know if I'm ready. Even though the whole dang time he's been ready. He's always been talking. I can see my wife in this room. And also, buddy, you signed up for a show that literally people get engaged after two to three months. Right. So I, I don't know if you were aware of that um, or not, you know. Right. So anyways, I was, I was a bit salty about this. But so, yeah, now he's like, well, I just don't know if I'm ready yet. I don't want to rush into anything. Yeah, da, da. So he ends up still, you know, going on his final date with Michelle. And they're sitting by the little fireplace, and she gives him a gift, and it's matching jerseys that say Mr. and Mrs. James, which, of course, triggers Matt and all his, like, worriness. And so he really just, like, starts to talk about how he's really feeling, and he's like, I just don't know if I can get there with you for, like, proposal or anything. And so... He just flat out, like, says that to her. And, you know, of course, she's taken aback because the whole time she's been wanting, you know, to get engaged and get married to him. She's all ready for that. But he's all doubtful now. And so they kind of break up and she goes home after that little talk. It was really, (laughs) it was awkward. Um, But, yeah, so she gets at home. So Rachel's the only one there. And... After Michelle goes home, Matt, you know, is, like, freaking out still. And Chris Harrison comes and, like, starts talking. He goes, are you okay? Matt's like, no, I just don't know if I can do this. And he's like, I just need time. And so then Matt goes away after he's saying he just needs time. And then he's just off. And so it's the next day, and this is the day that Rachel and him are supposed to have their final date. And Rachel's all excited. She's getting ready. She's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this could be the last time before we get engaged. Yet that the, well, somebody comes to the door. She thinks it's Matt, but it's Chris Harrison. And so Chris is like, well, so Matt said he needed time. We don't know where he is. Um, So so, um, I think, you know, we're going to have to cancel today's day. And so she's all upset and really confused she thinks that like he just doesn't feel anything for her you know like she's like why would he just not want to see me he must like michelle more she's just confused and upset now too so the day is over i forgot if it was later that day or the next day 
but she gets a card from Matt and he's like, I know, like, like, I'm sorry, like, we had to miss our date. You need answers. Meet me by the lake. And so this is like the big proposal set up. Like, he's in his tuck. She gets an address and drives there. And so he's like anxious. He picked out a ring with Neil Lane, like all, they all do. But like, of course, he's like, I just don't know, like, if I'm ready and I don't want to rush. I don't want to be like my dad. And we're like, okay, yeah, da, da, we know Matt. Um, so, yeah. So Rachel arrives and goes and meets him. She pours out her heart because she thinks that she's about to get rejected since they didn't have a date. Um, but then Matt, you know, talks to her and is like, you know, he just feels like, you know, she she is the last person there. He is in love with her, but like he just doesn't want to rush in to anything and have her be like his mom. And so he just says, I can't propose to you now, but I want to leave here with you. Oh. And so they're all happy and all that, you know, it's like true love. He goes, he goes, where's the quote? This is the real thing. You know, he's all like, oh, they're in love. Well, if any of y'all know, they broke up after the show because of everything that happened, all the controversy and everything. And so mm -hmm. that's what a lot of the after the final rose was about. And I'm not going to go into too much details about after the final rose, but it was just very cringy. I'll just say that it was a hard to watch, but fast forwarding past that Matt's, you know, not dating anyone, him and Rachel probably won't get back together. So I'm like, so much for true love, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what was happening the whole season, I'm not really sure. But he ended up leaving, just like he said he didn't want to do. So I don't know. See, I'm getting salty, y'all. I got to pull it, reel it back in. But, yeah, so after all Matt meets the girls and everything, they announce the new Bachelorette. This is what everyone waits for. They're, you know, the – previous season they're like we're ready yep. so it ends up there's two bachelorettes Ooh. and so people thought is this going to be like a caitlin and brie situation where like they have two people on the same night and then one goes after the guys vote on who they want more we were like what's going on but no these two bachelorettes are going to get two separate seasons one is going to happen before paradise and then one's going to happen after Paradise. And then we're going to have a Bachelor season still. So it's not going to, like, skip The Bachelor or anything like that. It's just happening all really quickly. Oh. And so the two Bachelorettes are Michelle, the one that just got sent home on the finale, and Katie, which is the one that all the girls were going after on Women Tell All that I was talking about. Oh so, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for both of them. I'm interested to see Katie's season, which is the first one that's going to come up soon. So they already released all of her men. I think Reality Steve has all that out there. So if you want to see who all her, her boys are, you can go look at that. But, yeah, so exciting stuff for the rest of this year for Bachelor Nation, even though this was a disappointing end. Um, 
But yeah, that's all the bachelor tea that we have for today. And next week I will be starting out with a new show to fill in that gap. So you'll have to wait and see y'all. All right. I'm so excited. what about you, Jamie? What we got for this week? All right. So for our streaming recommendation of the week, we have The Boys. That's the name of the show. It's called The Boys. And it's on Ooh, Amazon Prime. That one. It's on Amazon Prime. You already know. That's where I watch all my shows, apparently. I didn't even know this before I started doing this segment, but apparently everything I watch comes from there. I don't know. So anyway, there's two seasons out. I've watched all of the first one and most of the second one, so I'm not going to go into detail, obviously. I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm just going to read you guys a little summary of it, and then I'll discuss it a bit. So, superheroes are often as popular as celebrities, as influential as politicians, and sometimes even as revered as gods. But that's when they're using their powers for good. What happens when the heroes go rogue and start abusing their powers? When it's the powerless against the powerful, the boys head out on a heroic quest to expose the truth about the Seven and Vought, the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that manages the superheroes and covers up their dirty secrets. And it's based on a comic book series, so that's where they're getting all their, all their material from. But basically, the boys is set in a universe where superheroes are recognized as heroes by the general public, and they work for a big corporation, like think Disney kind of big, like super big. They got TV shows, they got movies, they got merchandise, and it's called Vaught International. So they basically, basically these superheroes are like celebrities. They're like a movie stars, and they have superpowers, and they kind of do superhero stuff, but they're mostly just like movie stars. And so most of them are pretty, pretty bad people to be honest. Like, everyone, like, cheers for them and all this stuff, but they're they're pretty corrupt. That's sort of what the whole show's about. It's like, what if Superman was a bad person? <laughs> like, what then? And so the series sort of starts out in the first episode with Huey. He's the main character. He's probably, like, mid-20s kind of age. And his girlfriend gets tragically killed by one of the members of the Seven, and the Seven is the main superheroes that vault markets so it's seven like big powerful superheroes right and so one of them he um he's running really fast and he that's his superpower and he literally i'm not even gonna get into it you'll have to watch it but she tragically dies and that's really bad for huey he struggles with that with her death and he also wants to get like it sets him on like a course of like revenge a bit like he's a little apprehensive i guess to go after the seven and you sort of take some help from this other character billy butcher who already has this vendetta against the seven and so he's already like in that zone of he wants to go after them but that's a hard thing to do yeah like it's a hard thing to do because they're like the most popular people in the world and they're powerful and they're rich and they have this corporation behind them but that's what the whole show is sort of about and billy and huey and a couple other characters they team up to sort of get revenge on the seven and the superheroes that have wronged them and that are doing bad things behind the scenes. So there's sort of like this whole subplot of, um, you know, the secrets that the superheroes have and they're trying to expose them. So it's a really good show. I definitely recommend watching it. Season one, I watched pretty fast. They're sort of long episodes, they're almost like an hour. 
but there's already a second season and there is talks of a third season too so if you get interested you got that third one to look out for but i would definitely recommend the boys on amazon prime so yeah have you ever heard of that one before Bryn? i have i've seen a lot about it i haven't watched it myself but i know a lot of people like it so yeah. i think i would love it because i love marvel and everything like that so yeah it's like marvel but like darker you know like it's definitely like yeah there's some crazy stuff but definitely recommend that one but i just want to say to everyone listening thanks for listening to this episode this week we hope you guys enjoyed it and if you've been listening to our other ones we appreciate it if you haven't definitely go check them out um on spotify just scroll back up and you'll see all of our past episodes is this what our fifth now brand yeah yeah episode you got four more others to binge listen to if you haven't heard them already but hope you guys (laughs) learned a little bit about you know interviewing and resumes and all that fun not so fun stuff and um if you want to check out more about she's speaking our other platforms don't forget we have an instagram and a pinterest account where you can get all your inspiration cool pictures quotes all that stuff we have a um instagram and pinterest and that's handle is she's speaking blog so you can just type that in and find us that way we also have a website with weekly blog posts that we post and so you can find the link to our website in the description of this podcast episode we'll actually link it you guys can click it right there and go right to our website so yeah all the details about our other platforms will be in the episode description so make sure you guys check that out Yes, and just so happy if you have been listening along with us the whole time since the beginning or this is your first time. Thank you so much. We are so happy you're here, and we hope that you continue to listen to us. Hopefully we didn't scare you away or anything. I know it can be a little weird sometimes, but, you know, we got lots of good advice. We got lots of love, too, to give to everyone, so... Yeah, and make sure it to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. And we drop a new episode every Tuesday. So just look out for that. And we hope to see you guys next week as well. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye.